Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Tatva Tuesday. This is your host, Lindsay Warwick, the conduit on Spotify and YouTube. So excited to uh, have the podcast back this week. I uh, took a little break last week. Lots of life changes happening for me, um, all in a positive direction. But so excited for our guest this week, Nikki Schaefer. She is a creator and movement lover and also the founder of Rock Steady Boxing of the Grand Strand. So what's up, Nikki? Hello. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Thank you so much for, for joining me. It's such an honor to have you on the podcast. Um, you just have such radiant, loving, expansive energy. And I feel like, you know, we have so much that talk about in an hour. So I'm like excited to see how this conversation goes. Um, yes. So let's start with your, your spiritual journey. So Tava Tuesday, uh, Tava is a Sanskrit word that means truth. And the guests will come on here and discuss how they have found truth. Uh, God, goddess, source, great spirit, whatever you call it. So would love to hear about your story and your overall conception of that. Um, yeah, so I was raised, um, that's a great question. Um, I was raised in the South by a, a Northern New York, Italian, Sicilian Catholic and a uh, man from the mountains of Pennsylvania and like he was raised the church of God. So I was very much raised in organized religion, um, Christianity at that funny enough in a Methodist church and then went to a Lutheran church and I was baptized in a Baptist church and uh, growing up in this area and having a really strict mother as well we were allowed to go to youth group. So in addition to those, I went to a Presbyterian church, a vineyard church. Uh, I said Baptist church, um, the Lutheran church. So anyway, that's what we did growing up. So you would say I was pretty much well-versed in that and all the denominations. Um, loved the ones that had communion so I could eat the bread. I remember that. Uh, I love Sunday school because they had snacks. There is definitely a, a theme here. Um, I remember the people being so nice and so loving at church. I remember it, it, it was uh, it was definitely a happy place to be when we weren't forced to go, which was most of the time. You did find loving people there, but there was never a, um, I was always on a different page knowing what they were saying should be true, but never feeling it from them, if that makes sense. So it was a young kid and like, oh, God is love and you are God, like treat others how you would want to be treated and be nice and love and love and love. And then you get home and you might not have been taught love. So then there was this like confusion there. So then it, it definitely turned me away from religion. After I actually dove really deep and hard into it. Um, finding love and, and a community where there were people that did not judge you and all that. But I definitely learned by the book and the Bible and the churches and the things in the South. 
Uh, so then growing up, probably from 18 to 32, when I was actually experiencing life, I knew that I was being bad and I had carried so much guilt and shame being in certain situations that I was being in when I was learning the world that I stopped talking to God mm -hmm. as that guilt. And I can't believe I'm in these said situations. And I know that there's love in my heart and I'm not doing any harm to anyone other than myself, but all these things. And so, but I, I, I was too embarrassed. I wasn't good enough to talk to God, blah, blah, blah. Cause I had that whole mindset. Needless to say, fast forward to after getting out of very, uh, very abusive, physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, all the leads, uh, I got out of that and then turned back to God found spirit in a whole new way into spirituality and love and finding it within and all that pretty much <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so glad that it's you right now. Um, I love it. So what are your current like spiritual practices? <sighs> Gratitude. Number one. Mm -hmm is gratitude. God is love. hundred percent. God source, uh, male, female, whatever. The main thing is love. Um, gratitude helped rewire what I had learned and also adapted around <laughs> and created all the behaviors and thoughts and beliefs and things around this one belief that was something that was so uh, not inspiring or self-loving at all. So spiritual practice now has a lot to do with gratitude, being grateful for everything that I do have, and then even myself included, which is the hardest obstacle, um, most challenging yet very exciting and fun once we are on that journey knowingly. Um, but self-love, just gratitude for me. Um, I do a lot of yoga. Um, really love the yin, slower movement, uh, conscious yoga, because I am uh, naturally on the other side of the strength and the Austin is asana. I think that's the movement. Yeah. Just like real strong and like that kind of thing. And I need to actually be the exact opposite. I need it to soften and really like sit down and not actually shut off all the things going on. So anyway, yoga, gratitude, grounding, uh, the ocean. I am very mm -hmm. lucky to be able to jump in the ocean at least every day. Um, any kind of big body of water, if not just thinking of them. Um, and, and working with other individuals like yourself, I should say this, that my um, business, Rock City Boxing of the Grand Strand, is where I specialize in a non-boxing, non-contact boxing program specifically designed for people with Parkinson's disease. So amazing. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm <laughs> in-house with them, and it's like, so, uh, and you're coming, right? I'm totally, com totally coming. And I'm so glad that you already like segued yourself. Cause I was going to mention <laughs> that, but I, yeah, like the first time I ever talked to you while well, we talked about, you know, we, we related to each other because we've both been through abusive relationships and we we're on this journey of self-love and we just like 
clicked right away. Um, and then also when you told me about the boxing, I just was so inspired by you. And I'm so glad, like, tell us about that. Like, it is just so like amazing. Oh, well, <laughs> movement was my, like, it saved my life. I, uh, as a kid dealt with depression and things like that at a young age, um, really, really hard on myself and my physical appearance movement, dance, gymnastics, those things helped me get through a lot of stuff. Um, so fast forward to finding boxing as I graduated high school, I did boxing, kicks, boxing. I would work out with the fighters in the area just for the workout. I love the workout. I was never a fighter though. I could never spar um, mm-hmm. or hit anyone else. But um, so anyway, fast forward to becoming a trainer, kickboxing, boxing, that kind of thing down in Merle's Inlet, 2012 falling in love with the older clientele. Everyone's really retired. They want to get moving. They don't know how they just want to feel good. And I was like, hell yeah. I didn't even know. I never even saw myself in a traditional club with older people and just teaching them what I knew, which is like how to get out of a chair. And it was just like a beautiful God thing for sure. Mm -hmm. Fast forward about seven years later. Nope. Five. 2017, I decided to start the first program here. I knew boxing. I had one client with Parkinson's disease. We married it and it was the first program from Mount Pleasant to Wilmington in such demand. So immediately within a couple of months, it grew to about 35 people with Parkinson's disease. I had over a hundred clients that I was already working with. And I immediately switched over into that. They are body and brains disconnecting. They have their mind, they have mostly their body, but the, the connection is gone. It's not, you know, science. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving you the exact diagnosis, but that's what's going on in their body, right? That's right. My, my understanding of it, mm-hmm. which is a lot to do with uh, humans and life as we're living and we're really just that. Mm-hmm. Mindless beings going around and like, you know, unless we choose not to, but anyway, so it, but it was just so real in so many ways, me getting to know these people, mostly veterans, uh, mostly men to women ratio, but just getting to know these people being almost imprisoned in their own bodies. Movement is the key. So that's what saved my life. Now I am able to help them fast forward to now through COVID, all the other things, rebuilding myself at least three times. We are still here. And I do two times online, two times in person. And that's where I was going with the whole self. What do I do spiritually? It is sometimes unfair, I feel, how much joy and it gives me to be in this room with them, being the best they can be with whatever they're given. We're all in the boat together, whether we have Parkinson's or not. And just the, the highness and actually the only, the one place in my entire life, I can be me uninhibited, not one worry or care. Cause they, it's just love anyway. So that's really cool. So you got to yeah. come try it. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm totally going to come try it. I actually like tried boxing a couple times and I, I love it. Um, fun fact about me, like used to have a a wild little temper. And so I movement has also saved my life. Yoga saved my life. 
I have to physically move my body every day or else I can feel the stuck energy and it becomes depression or it manifests into anxiety one way or the other. I have to move my body. And funny thing is I actually took a boxing class at like Sky Fitness, like I don't know, two years ago when I moved here and I bought the wraps. Like I thought I was so badass. I like, I have the wraps, so I'll bring those. Cause I don't even know how to wrap my hand. Like the instructor would wrap them for me. And this is cool too. You know, like I teach hot yoga and uh, some of the coaches from sky fitness have been coming to my yin class, the slow moving. Yeah. So I love that you mentioned all that stuff. And funny, it's like you were saying that the yin helps you kind of chill out. I'm the opposite. Like I'm super chill all the time. So I need someone that's going to like kick my butt. So that's why like, I like hit workouts and I love like running and boxing and the hardcore stuff because my natural state is more like in the mellow yin. So that's so funny. Um, but it's, it's completely amazing that you do that for people. Um, you know, I've seen your posts and everything and just, it seems like your, your clients, they just love you so much. And I know that you, you've gotten to see them, like, you know, have some healing through that. It's, uh, it's truly incredible. Pre COVID, um, I had, I would say around 60 clients and I had three different levels, but mainly I had a more progressed and a less progressed and it was about 50, 50 split. So the, the more progressed clients, they would be level three, four. They're ones that don't drive. They can't, they either have their caregivers or spouses come with them. They have to have somebody there. We call it their corner man with them because fall risk, ETC things, those kind of things. So for instance, in the, the, those ones were just so, 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 so life-changing from somebody having Parkinson's for 10 years. And there's a, a, a symptom and it's called like, it's a masked face. So we have so many muscles in our face. And so just like in our body, they stiffen up and become rigid. So for three to eight years, possibly they might not have, they've lost their ability to smile. Mm-hmm. So you fuck movement, even, 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 even movement, you can't even smile and emote and send joy or love to your loved ones, whether it's your wife you've been married to for 60 years or your grandchild children and things like that inside you're smiling on the outside. They can't. So you could imagine the amount of uh, already obstacles that can create in a loving relationship with the person on the other side of you might not be able to smile at you. So needless to say them coming in, to class and after coming once a week for a month, you could just start seeing like every single class, like they might be, they might not mostly get out of the chair. So, I mean, we're obviously working towards other things. They're not just coming to me to smile again. That's not even because they're trying to do other things and be independent, but like every class, just like their little like cracks and relearning how to smile was just like, I would cry every day from different yeah. things. I, I mean, I, it's teaching them to be a big kid again, being coordinated. The reason boxing is so effective for people with Parkinson's and everyone else, because that's why I did it, 
is because it engages your brain and it's like the ultimate coordination. You're training all the different planes of movement, different levels. You're marrying your mind with your body and your agility and, and just all the things, strength, quickness, reaction time, being a kid again, running around, changing the direction on a dime, having fun, smiling, that kind of thing. So anyway, so turn the oldies music up really loud. And another thing is like when the couples, like they would help one or whoever get out of their chair and they would remember like run around Sue and they dance around the room together. And it's just like, aye, 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 like that kind of thing. I guess it's like the, them coming back to life and seeing their relationship to their loved ones. Like technically they're coming to me for movement, but that's where I'm getting high is seeing that. Yeah. It's like, so watching people shift as an instructor, it's like, it's why we do what we do. It gives us our purpose watching them shift. And I just think that is so amazing and beautiful that you're able to facilitate and hold that space for people. Um, so yeah, listeners, like viewers, however you're consuming this information today, um, check out one of Nikki's classes. Um, and you also teach for C yoga. Actually, yeah, Chelsea had said to me, like, before you and I even, like, connected, she's like, you need to meet Nikki. I feel like you and Nikki would just really get along. And she was totally right. So thank you. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. So um, I know that you are an instructor for C-Yoga. So that's really great. And right now you're actually doing, or I don't know, are you almost done the series for Empowered Movement? Halfway through. Okay, so let's oh, talk about. <laughs> well, that's still going. The empowered yeah. We're halfway through the empowered and radiant conference. Yes. Oh, right. So you teach empowered movement classes, but you're mm -hmm. doing kind of like a workshop slash series right now. Let's talk about like, I want to talk about all the things of you. So I'm like, let's talk about like your classes. Let's talk about that workshop. Like any, and yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> so the, the Rock City Boxing, again, is, it was used to be just structured for people with Parkinson's. Um, but I since after COVID happened, I've opened it up. It's so much, it's great to have other people from other walks of life come in and be inspired and inspire. So that's where I'm at with that. So yes, definitely listeners, let me know and you can at least come and taste it. It's so fucking fun. So then uh, see yoga has been a few months in the works helping um, and helping myself and Chelsea build this online virtual presence. Um, she has coined, so lovingly coined my movement, um, empowered movement. So I, again, like I said before, I was a gymnast and a dancer background, then boxing, kickboxing. So I've done a ton of movement and different aspects and intentions with it. But mainly I do a quick 30 minute core heavy balance, strength and stretch. You can call it yoga conditioning. You could call it body weight conditioning. It's super fun. We have music. So fun. A little 80s aerobics feel. 
I'm just trying to like piece it together. (laughs) So it's, it's definitely something that you will leave exhausted. Know that you were stronger, feel stronger, also got your ass kicked, but you loved it. And then when you're going into your other yoga practices and things like that, you'll just feel so much stronger, being able to be more mindful and aware of things. So anyway, that's empowered movement. it's so much fun I loved your class and I love your playlist I literally downloaded it remember I was like I need a playlist like right now (laughs) and you ran to it like the next day yeah I know I do I put it on when I run or when I work out I love it I have a couple more new ones so you gotta come okay (laughs) I love it and so then um just with Chelsea's mentorship I think is what you would call it um, we're co-creating together, but she's facilitating this space for me to do this, which is very wonderful. Um, so in addition to doing that, that's once a week at the moment on Mondays at 9am and you could always catch it live or on the replay at C yoga. I'm doing a June throughout this month. It is Radiant and Confident Workshop. It's a five-week workshop, and we do about 40 minutes. It should be 30, but I always hit 40 minutes. I don't know what it is. I'm supposed to do 30, it gets 40 every time, but a little discussion about self-love, confidence, um, letting your light shine, little tips and tricks on how to do that, and then like empowered movement to finish off. So we're doing five, five weeks of that. Journaling, card pulling, a little bit more getting deep into it. Absolutely love that, which is going to segue me now because it just came to me. It's kind of how this works sometimes. Um, I have this thought today um, for myself that I am no longer attracted to toxicity. Like, and if it comes into my field, I'm pretty much like, goodbye. And I never used to be like that. I used to be like, overly accepting and engaging in toxic relationships. And I know that you have a his, you have had some interesting Ooh. experiences with relationships, just like I have. Oh, and I'm God. wanting to know, cause I know that now you're in a very happy, loving reunion. I know y'all, y'all are just so incredible. Both of you. And I'm wondering if that shift happened for you right before you met Ethan. Literally that day that uh, we were talking, it was the day before that it was one of those things that was literally at the point where which path are you going to choose? Are you going to continue to if you know this thing is out here that seems like it's right and it should be, for instance, we can call that E, but then it might not be towards the picking of the fruit yet. It might just be maturing or ripening, right? It might not be time. In that moment, if I'm being impatient, I might've been, which not knowing all of the details, but the the feelings, these things we dig back up in the intuition that we have. So unknowing all the details of knowing of a certain feeling that's safe if we were to entertain these unsafe spaces which are those every time every now and again it was different people with different things different ages but always this different abuse yeah <laughs> yeah 
one way or the other, but always knowing in the moment that I am there that they are not in alignment with anything that I was in alignment with, whether it was spiritually, physically, mentally, um, emotionally, it wasn't feeling right, but for some reason I was needing it. Yeah. And I like to think that it was just this me learning these last pieces of darkness, mm. not even last because I've been going through that with Ethan now, even in this wonderful, loving, effectively communicating relationship, it's still there. Just a lot easier to deal with. Anyway, so it was that day was like after I had stopped talking to that last person, it was like a maybe one day already like decision, but that was it. And you know, with like narcissists, they're always coming back and coming back and coming back. Mm. And we were sitting at the table at Costa Balls and I was in that moment and I had just decided that this was done and I was done with this kind of behavior. It was not healthy, alcohol, things like that, the infidelity on their side and that constant like, oh, I'm just going to forget. Oh, just they're not going to do it again or whatever I told myself. Um, it was that day that I was like, I'm not going to message them back. And like, I'm not going to talk to them. And, and the day that we were at Coastables. Yeah. Yeah. And because then I went back, then we went to Ethan's, right? Yeah. Then nothing had happened with us. It was still just, we had been introduced and had seen each other a few times, like just miscellaneous at a yoga class at the something, but it was just something inside of me that was drawn. And uh, so anyway, yeah. And it was that point next day was like Valentine's day. I mean, I was at my house obviously, but it was Valentine's day. And this person is like trying to come back from the ethers. <laughs> I was like, nope. And I said no. And I didn't even know if I was going to see Ethan again and end up being like within that day that it just all, it was in real time. The universe was like, okay, you're finally real. It's really, you're really not fucking around. You don't want to fuck with this anymore. Okay. And then it was just like everything. Yeah. I mean, God gives us those, those windows of opportunity to choose. And you described it completely perfectly. Like the different relationships, different meat sack, like different, this same patterns. Mm -hmm. Like I recently keep attracting men that are just out of serious relationships and it's been interesting. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't want to be part of that healing process that needs to happen without me. And also I don't want to contribute to the pain of the ex the exes because they seem to come into my energy field either physically they try or social media that nonsense and I'm just I don't want to be a part of that so and I'm dead fucking serious like I literally said to myself I'm not attracted to toxic anymore and I'm not going to be that toxic person in a relationship and I was just at lunch with one of my best friends and I was like Nope. I'm not, I'm not crazy any, no. anymore. Like I have my stuff and I'm sure it will, the light will be shined, you know, when I'm in a committed relationship, but hopefully it'll be in a loving space where I can move through those things in the way that you describe. Okay. Yeah. My shit comes up, but now I'm in this space 
held by this person who cares about your nervous system, who cares about you. And it's not like, what can you do for me? That narcissist, that bullshit. It's, it is. And it's even to be a little bit or break it down even more is even having the knowledge to know about your nervous system, not even actually caring about it, even having the knowledge is number one, then they won't, then if they know about it, they can be like, fuck off, or they might really care about you. But he has like having the knowledge and having the person that's like available to say also someone that doesn't use alcohol. I'm not like a huge, I've never been a huge. Like drinker. I have been. <laughs> I, I have, have been, been too. Drinker. And I was before I, too. And now I, I'm like, I could take it or leave alcohol. My father was an alcoholic. My mom's father was an my alcoholic. dad too. So then I used it or found relationship where the other person was drinking. So therefore I was drinking with them. And then we were both drunks, but it, but it would just carry wound and just dig crevices into those old wounds and patterns and things and demons. So, um, even when I left my left the fiance, when it was super physical and very, very serious, I still didn't stop drinking, but after meeting dating and being in a relationship of alcohol free where Ethan doesn't drink, chooses not to, it, it was okay with me drinking, but still even a glass or two of wine, I saw old patterns come up in such a clean place and such a loving and wonderful and clear place that I actually prayed for and wanted and desired and I'm here now, but even having that glass of wine, now I'm not on the other side of drunk I'm on the other side of clean so then it's like it's even more of a reflection and a light shown on what's going on here it's okay to have a glass of wine mm -hmm. but if my things are still thinging <laughs> if they're still there like little hornet's nest ready to like go I can see something and make a whole misconception story out so for me it's been like week three that I've really cut out a lot of it. I've been able to keep a clear mind, work through my stuff with him in a way more healthy way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's amazing. I think that's beautiful and amazing. And it definitely, um, you know, is, is hopeful <laughs> One for me at least. Cause I'm just like, you know what? I'm like, I feel like the men that I've, I'm like, are men just into toxic women and that's it? Cause I just, I don't want that for my life anymore. That put me in the hospital mm -hmm. in November and I, I just, I won't have that in my life anymore. And if that, I don't know, it's just, I'm just going through a major shift right now where the toxicity, it's not appealing to me. I don't want a part of that. And I was like, I guess like, yeah, there's men out there that are attracted to toxicity and that's not what I want. I want someone who doesn't want that fucking chaotic drama bullshit. Right. And so what I had to start, what I had to start, what I started realizing and it was happening with the things and those said experiences, even after the fiance that I left, um, 
I found myself in another really very um, tumultuous and violent relationship. So there were still things that I thought might have healed that were still screaming for attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, the main things that I kept having to do, and it was it felt hopeless at times, but just questioning like, why am I here? What the fuck am I having to learn here? Why are these things not even like looking at this person and there was like a few very evident shortcomings, <laughs> maybe <laughs> drug ad- drug addiction and alcohol. Oh yeah, were it yep. enough for me to not choose this. But anyway, those were just already th- those were there plus all these other things, and not even questioning what's wrong with them, but sitting right in the same room with them, sometimes right to them, because I needed to hear it. What is wrong with me? Why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I allowing this to happen? And they exactly. look at me and they, they look at me and be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, this is between me and me. Don't even worry about this. Literally. But I go through these things. And some of the things that we are going through with these said people are some things that aren't ours, whether they are stuff from our ancestors, the mm. something that you believe in, that could be something where me going through a physically abusive relationship, I've never been physically abused personally until that relationship. My mom was raised in a physically abusive home. So she knew of that abuse. I never did. I might've had to go through that to then heal that in my lineage that's one way to look at it right so me going through something that was so awful and really bad but surviving through it and all this stuff but then being able to it takes some time and work but looking back and saying like why would I have been there yeah now being with Ethan now like knowing like it there are it's it's crazy and blows my mind being in this this space with him back years ago starting to imagine um have you ever listened to abraham hicks girl yes okay so there's, <laughs> there's one it's your job to feel good or something like yeah, that your and feelings will show you how far or how in line or how aligned you are because we have whatever we've ever desired is here in the vortex but sometimes we're just right here, not in line with it. We just have to switch lanes to get in the line to get the abundance. But more so that it was something of focusing on what I want instead of what I don't want. Focusing on what I want and what I don't want. And I would still fall into these mistakes, but they're not mistakes. I had to learn certain things about each person. Um, being with an addiction, people that are drug addict or alcoholic. Yeah, actually I've done that too but my whole life it was oh my dad's an alcoholic and I'm going to be uh, that's why I'm here and that's why I am who I am and da, da, da. but it took until like the third addict for me to have to realize it had nothing to do with my dad it was my mom thing the one that actually didn't do any drugs that she didn't drink one drop of alcohol but, I, but it was going through this one thing having to get to a certain low to have to get my mom into counseling to then realize what's going on with me not getting her in because I think she's crazy getting me in because I'm crazy being in this situation. But instead of when we can turn the, the glasses away from how fucked up they are. Oh yeah. We have to shine it. Everyone mm-hmm. is a mirror. 
Mm. Everyone is a mirror. And, and even just having this conversation with you, like I'm realizing, holy shit, like you and I have so much in common. Like I'm Sicilian too. Like I actually, you know, uh, there is some abuse in my family. Um, and I know that I'm here to be the breaker of the chains of that. And maybe that's why I had to go through, you know, my last relationship was incredibly abusive. Mm. Um, I was not an angel either, obviously, because that's going to bring out my darkest parts of shit that I thought I'd healed, you know, 10 years ago was coming out. And I was like, what the fuck? I dated, I dated men that were, you know, they said they were in recovery and they were using behind my back and I wasn't listening to my intuition. Guess who ended up in trouble because I couldn't control my anger because I knew he was lying the whole time. And then he was lying and I acted like, oh my God, when I knew the whole time. And it's like, I'm over not listening to myself. And I think that is a huge part of coming into this self-love. And also it's accepting our dark shit. Like the shit that I did in the past, as long as I can accept all aspects of myself, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. Well, yeah. One of the things that I had to learn was that um, unlearning the religion and the shame and guilt. Mm, yeah. And the punishing God. I don't, I don't jive with that. I don't. And God is love and God, we are straight from source. And that, that is, that's not even a thing there. So we are having to rewire that shame and guilt. And it's, it's about, um, one was we oh that so then also going into (laughs) how do I trust my intuition and yeah oh yeah guess what with quieting my intuition at the young age when you were told to shut the fuck up and don't do this and don't feel and or don't tell them what's really going on and put on your your fucking representative do all the things that make me feel comfortable so I can love you and everything's okay they are unknowing that they're doing that, but that's kind of how humans do. So recording this intuition, but then the ego gets so much louder. So my voice in my head, that was, you're not good enough. You are unworthy. You are not beautiful. You are disgusting. You are a failure. You are this, you're that. That was really, really, you should go date that person. That voice was really loud and very strong, but that was my ego. Mm-hmm. That is not your intuition. No. <laughs> the one thing that helped me understand this was very recently. And it was, how do I know the difference? And the difference is, is your intuition is your cheerleader. And it will never tell you anything bad about you. It might say, this doesn't feel right, or it's not safe to be here, or maybe we shouldn't do this, but not, you're not good enough. You're not going to get this job. Yeah. You're not good enough for this. You shouldn't do that. That guy's a good idea. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, that is, <laughs> if you, when these things are going through your head and what, should I take this job? Should I date this person? Should I eat this cup of this cupcake, whatever you want to think of, should I make this right turn instead of this left turn? Should I go to Wendy's or Chick-fil-A? Whatever you want to do, but whatever is inside of you, that feeling good is intuition. The beating up and the, the, the judgment, that's your ego. And that's what we're trying to quiet. So that whole like, yeah, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. 
It doesn't. And I also, I love that description, the cheerleader for me too. It's all about discernment. So like my intuition for me, it might suck knowing something, but the intuition for me is like a calmer knowing it's just like, that's it. Whereas my ego is like, and if you can honestly, if you, you, yeah, you love the movement. You love like being in the body and I'm getting more used to my meat sack and doing more embodiment exercises this year. And it's like, where do I feel that in my body? Like my intuition is a calm knowing whether it's a unfortunate knowing or a positive knowing it is calm to my nervous system. Whereas the ego, the anxiety, the depression, it doesn't feel good. Like it's, yeah, it's like that, but this happening. Um, but yeah, just like you said too, like how you had to like evaluate, like I, you know, had to look at like, why am I accepting this behavior? Like, why am I engaging in this behavior? Why am I enabling those behaviors? Like, what does that, what message does that send? I don't care what the message is to anybody else, but what message is that for me? Yeah. And looking at that, like, why, why did we accept that for a long time? And is that because on an unconscious level, we've like picked up all these filters and we think that that's what we deserved and that's why we accepted it. It's so funny because I, I could see that too. And that's kind of where I'm at now in this whole like relearning things from a a safe and beautiful space is that like landing here and being in this moment and this, in this, what I've told him from the, the moment that we, decided to be together was it was the feeling and the knowing that I had to go through I each and every single thing that I went through had to be so I could arrive at this moment with this person from from the fact that I used to hate myself because I was so short that was one of the things that I would doubt myself about and I always wanted to be taller fast forward to being with this person right now that very much seems to be exactly where I know I should be in this moment of love and and just union. And we are exactly the same match. Wow. Shoulder, shoulder, like he'd heart, been, heart. He'd been through those things too. But Similar things. Oh, no, yeah. like something as small as I'm saying something as small as being a child and wishing I was taller and why am I not taller and all these things. And if I only was taller, I would be more beautiful. And then my beauty, and then I'm not that beautiful. Like, but I beat myself up for so long. And now being in this space with this person, I'm like, I could never have been taller because we're exactly the same fit, like perfect physically to having to learn all those segments of myself with each and every one of those beings that were not nice mm-hmm. to me. But then also I wasn't being nice to me, but it was also like, I had to go do each one of those things to get this much love, to love myself in each one of these dimensions. If I had, oh God, if I could fuck something up, I would fuck it up. Right. But then it's almost like going through another self-improvement thing that I just recently did, just so I could tell my story again. So I could rewrite my story, just being in a space that somebody loved and listened. And then being able to realize going through a life, for instance, of uncon 
going through a life of conditional love my entire life, only loving and yearning for it, never getting it, being in this space to then be able to love as much as I love now, it's inconceivable. So having a, a life of conditional love is a direct result for me to have unconditional love. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. And yeah. I often feel that although my last relationship was very toxic for both of us, um, it catapulted me into this ascension and this self-love. And I'm totally, I've shifted so much since then that there are things that I just will not accept anymore. I, you know, believe that like sex is a sacred energy exchange. I just, I don't believe in casual anymore. That's just like where I'm at. And I'm just like, nope. Yeah. And I never thought, you know, and, and I also, you know, I grew up with, with abuse and, um, I guess I normalized it for a long time. And now I'm like, I deserve, we all deserve this unconditional love. And, and I swear to you, I've been doing so much heart opening work and, you know, I'm on the shamanic priestess path and, uh, it's been so opening. Yeah. And, uh, I, I realized that before this last person came into my life, I was praying for true love. I'm ready for true love. And he shared with me, he did the same. So we attracted each other and we both learned what it was like what conditional love was and the true love that came out of it was the fact that at the end, after, you know, it was physically abusive, I chose myself. And then even in the process thereafter, which I'm not going to go into detail on the podcast, it's like, I've been choosing a higher love every time, something that would be beneficial for the both of our higher selves, whether my ego thinks this person deserves that mercy or not. I know that my higher self is all about love, which also I wanted to ask your, your thought about this too. It's like, love is, is loving yourself too, but that doesn't mean that we just love and accept everyone's shitty behavior either. Right. Yeah, right. So (laughs) it's all a journey. Yes. It's an ongoing lesson. (laughs) Lessons are beautiful. They are sometimes messy. They are sometimes longer than we feel like they should be, but sometimes you have to stay there. What I am learning now and it is a direct result of learning yourself Mm -hmm. is that learning the things that feel good, that don't feel good. And what I'm learning now, for instance, okay. So if I'm, if if I'm around a new group of people and there might be, I have a thing with mean girls and I don't know, and this is something that I'm working on. I'm wondering what, where am I in my life? Am I mean girling myself (laughs) (laughs) or someone else? I don't know. I have to, cause I don't believe in my true self and soul that I could ever do that. But I have to then open my eyes to really fucking see this because for some reason it's definitely lightning, but there's usually once every few months, I have this like mean girl interaction where there's somebody around that I feel that is just like hard judgment. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. 
why did she do her and, da, 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 and, and it could be my own they can be embodying my thoughts about me not being good enough and what is she doing and why is she saying that and why does she sound like that and like because that's what I got in my mind which we just might have come to what I've been trying to find so thank you for this I need to <laughs> like I don't it's 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 this I'm in this position right I'm in this position this girl is being is acting a certain way towards me and it is not feeling comfortable right almost like the kind that gives insult with compliments oh I love your shirt oh it, it's would look terrible on me but it looks really good on you you know that kind of person uh yeah no anyway good. they're not like overly mean but they're they're there and you feel it. You can just feel it. It's an energy. So, you can feel when people throw daggers at you. Come on. But when, so I'm in this position and I might've had a drink that day. So I am now, that's going to be magnified. Whatever feelings coming from this one person, it's going to be my understanding of this because it might not even be a thing. So now I might be creating this thing, which I am, we all are. But anyway, with drinking, it's a little bit less or more negatively charged than, oh, she loves me. It's probably like, oh my God. So anyway, yeah. going into that state. So then me not liking this feeling or being around it, but then she might be a part of the world that I'm in now, which is so wonderful. So I have to figure out how to, to what's going on here. So then I have to tell myself the next time I'm in this situation, I can't be intoxicated. So I can really like sift through this situation because I don't like the way it feels, but I also can't have anything lessening my judgment. So I'd have to wait for another rendezvous with this person. So then I have to see, okay, is it just me or is it not? I'd talk to my partner to see and I have a, a partner that, so you're asking like, are these things okay to accept? There are certain things that are like, fuck no, like these things are not acceptable. And then that'll, that'll just hands down. Even if that person says, I'll call you tonight and they don't. And then the next morning they're like, Hey, I'll call no, that's not okay. If that didn't feel good for you and you're like, oh, I just got home. You know what I mean? Like if it didn't feel good, if you're inside, you feel like it's like, oh, I believe them. You can feel it. Then you might give them a little bit more space. Mm. You got, it's that learning of your intuition because then it could go as far as these people that don't treat you that well to this girl that I was thinking was being mean to me. A piece of my world that didn't feel good that I needed to figure out to the person that I want to spend some time with and my own time with and myself with. So mm -hmm. that's where you're having, wherever that feeling is, you're going to ask yourself, how important is this feeling? How big is it? Where am I feeling it? And why is this behavior happening? Like you are in control of, you said you called yourself a creator. We are all creators and we have free will. We are sovereign. And so we can choose like, like, it's crazy. You mentioned this, like, you know, if someone said that they're going to call you and then they don't, now you can decide I'm okay with that hot and cold communication. I don't really care. Or you can decide you are not someone of your word and that doesn't align with me and, and that. So and it, like, could be, and it could even be like, Hey, the next day, like, okay. If depending on where you're at and what it's going on, if you, if you're okay with the hot cold, if that's, and then you have to understand, well, where is this hot? What is this hot cold mean? And that could just mean kind of like a friend. 
with not a lot of like attachment with that it comes and goes it's because the hot and cold thing is that so you can't have the hot and cold with the loving and communicative relationship but do you want the loving communicative relationship or do you just want the hot and cold but you can't right. get the and then if you're if you're accepting that behavior then that behavior could kind of trickle down into other types of hot and cold behaviors it's definitely steering the boat and building your foundation right and and that's the thing so like sometimes it might start off as that kind of thing but then the next day what you can do for yourself is say hey I thought I understood that I, I was under the under I was under the understanding that you were going to call me last night and you didn't it made me feel this way and can you help me out a little bit? Not like, fuck you, you didn't call. You can oh, say that, yeah. but like, this is where the communication comes in because the more that we say what we feel, the less, the more we're taking responsibility and taking, because they have no responsibility. Right. And then what are your thoughts of if you voice something like that to somebody and then they, the behavior continues? I am just in this learning part two but no because it's it well you could technically say it again in a very loving and, and effectively communicating way it depends on how many times you want to give them um how much space you want to give them depending on their emergency room doctors and they were in surgery because they couldn't answer your call or it was really like you know what I mean it yeah there's always something but if they blatantly do it again, after you had a conversation about it, it's, you've said your piece. And I feel like so, people show you who they are. Well, and it's, it goes to even to the point of maybe not even having the ability to understand. And that, so that could even show you that they, it's not that they're a good or bad person. It's like, maybe you are just not even in the same frequency as me. Has Literally not. Literally, sometimes it's just that. Sometimes it is just that. And it's okay. It's like, namaste and I'm on my way. It's like, bless and you. Bless them, change me like every time for me. So it's, this has been such a like provoking conversation. Like I like, I feel like we only have like a couple minutes left, but it's been so, so good. And obviously like, I'm just so grateful that you just share so openly and, and you actually hold this space because I think I've actually shared more about my past romantic relationships than I ever have on the podcast. And, uh, it's good. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't harbor any resentment towards my exes and I don't hate, I, I don't really believe in hate. Um, and I think that oh, everything had to happen for me to be here right now, talking to you on this podcast, like everything is all happening and it's just so, it is really all about love choosing instead love of, instead of fuck you. Thank you. sometimes it's it's not a willing thank you but it's it will grow into it and it's going to be a thank you for giving me the opportunity to look within myself and figure out what's going on that I would allow this kind of behavior you know what I mean like thank you for helping me be the best I can 
honestly, and that is, I wrote like, I think I wrote it the other day and I'm going to just read it because it was straight from my heart face after I did all these uh, shamanic embodiment exercises with like happy, I'm happy to show you them someday. I feel like I'll probably lead a class at some point um, when I'm ordained, but basically the, the writing was this to my biggest heartbreak. I looked for love and asked it for it to be true. And that brought me you. The irony was it brought me you so that I could actually choose me. And then I learned what true love really is. It's doing the best for everyone's higher good. And sometimes that means letting you go so I can have me, so I can have peace. True love is spacious and giving, respectful, soft, slow, loving, caring. It looks out for your soul. Why do we even call it a heartbreak when really it's a heart opening? Thank you. Thank you for opening my heart and showing me the only one I was really looking for was myself. What a gift. And that is literally how I feel about all of my biggest setbacks and my biggest pain. Thank you. You do? (laughs) I wish wish you were, I'm going to hug you. Huh? Well, Nikki, I just adore you and I'm so, so grateful for you. Um, Let's tell the viewers and listeners like how they can connect with you. Uh, So see yoga, S-E-A hyphen yoga.com. That's where you can find the virtual classes and for live or replays. Um, All one word. I am Nikki Schaefer. That's my Instagram handle. I A M N I K K I S H A F F E R. And then Nikki Schaefer on Facebook. Um, but I would love to see, feel, hear, love all you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I want to see you. I'll see you soon for sure. Uh, give Ethan a hug for me and uh, just thank you so much. And thank you to the listeners and the viewers, however you like to consume the podcast. Uh, Thanks for tuning in this week. Um, I did mention on my last podcast that I'll be changing the cadence of the podcast. It was every week, but just with some life changes going on, I'm going to be doing it every other week now. So check it out and have a beautiful love filled week y'all. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you.